other hand, I was like, I really love talking about this, so uh, let's do it. So, um, and you know, we have been single before, so I guess that does qualify us in some way to speak with people who are single. Yeah. Uh, but really, you know, um, I think one of the big reasons why this topic is important and relevant is because a lot of a lot of you are new to the in-town ministry, from what I understand, uh, coming from campus or moving here from different places. Um, and even if you've been around a couple of years, um, maybe you don't really have a very good context for this ministry. Maybe you wonder, like, why do we do things this way or that way? And, um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be helpful, probably for a lot of you to hear some of that context. But even more importantly, uh, what I hope you hear tonight is praise of God, because you know, being a part of this ministry for me has been such an incredible blessing because I've been able to see the hand of God work in so many ways, uh, ways we never intended or planned, and it's just been so cool to see and so cool to be a part of. So I hope you, I hope you hear that tonight. Um, after we kind of go through a little bit of the story, we're going to spend some time in the book of Ephesians. And... You know, focus on focus a lot on the role of the importance of faith and unity and the Holy Spirit. So, um, so I guess I can jump in, and and uh, the thing I'll say, one thing I'll say is that what I'm about to tell you is just my perspective, right? There's a lot of other people that could speak to this, um, and they would have different perspectives and different stories to tell. So this is just from my perspective. Um, so Katie and I moved to Atlanta about 11 years ago. We had recently gotten married. We moved to Atlanta. And, um, you know, we wanted to live in town. We kind of like the vibe of, like, being in town and stuff like that. So we wanted to live in town. Uh, but we also had a lot of friends with North River, so we joined North River. Um, at that point in time, there weren't really a lot of people in town that went to North River, but there were some, right? So people like Jackie, people like Onawa, you know, like these, if you guys know him, like, you know, these guys predated us. So it's important to know, like, we were not the first or anything. But anyway, we, we came, and over the course of the first few years of us being here, you know, we, we befriended the, the people that lived in town that were part of North River. And we were part of the Edge Ministry, which you know was like the singles ministry at that time. And we did that for a few years. Uh, and then, you know, by that point, after we had been doing this for a few years, there were more people living in town, and there were more married people. So we decided let's start a married uh, family group. So we started a married family group with a few of our good friends. Um, and after a while of us doing that. Um, my wife got an idea. I'll let her share about that. <laughs> so I, um, I'm not like a big group person, and um, and I was really plugged into um, my job, building relationships at my job, which was downtown, and I would invite people out to church, and they would look at me like I was crazy if I told them that they had to drive out to Marietta. I mean, they literally were like, I'm going to get a nosebleed if I drive to Marietta. And I was like, you're insane. Like, it's 20 minutes. Um, but I just, um, I felt like I started to get this idea of, like, what if we could have a church in our homes? 
in our communities that was really like grounded in like the people who live around us. Like, I don't care if they're single, I don't care if they're married, I don't, like old, young, whatever, like babies can come. Like, I just, I loved the idea of having that kind of intimacy that I saw in the early church in the Bible where they were breaking bread in each other's homes. And I got this idea in my head and I like could not get it out of my head. And so I just started like bugging Matt about it all the time. Like every time we were in the car driving. He was like, wouldn't it be great? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so admittedly, I was slow to the party. And, you know, for those of you who do get married one day, uh, men, listen to your wives. Always a good idea. So anyway, so she was, uh, yeah, well, most of the time. So, you know, she was, kept bringing this idea. And I liked the idea. I thought, oh, that sounds cool. But, you know, I was just kind of like feeling overwhelmed with life and there was a lot of other things to do. And that sounds kind of complicated, doing something like that. And, you know, so, but eventually, you know, I was like, okay, this is, this is a good idea. But it, it was actually um, her brother, Jeff, who some of you might not know, they have some little kids the same age as ours. Uh, Jeff's kind of took up the baton, right? And he started talking, I think, to some of the leaders of North River about this idea, like, hey, this is something we're interested in doing. You know, we weren't interested in like doing our own thing where like, we would, you know, but, uh, Anyway, so he t- started talking to the leaders at North River, and you know they wanted they had a lot of questions. They wanted to know more about like our intention. They had us write up a proposal. So, you know, another brother named John Boyles, who was around the time, and Katie like wrote up this very impressive proposal. Remember, she's an attorney, so you can imagine this very persuasive proposal, detailed, and um, so and and this is just our proposal was once a month have house church in our home one of our homes so that, that's what we called our city so um so we went through all that we met with some people at north river some of the leaders you know talked it through and they're like all right cool you know and so then we started doing this now um you know and remember this is like a married family group that was that was the plan now some people that were our friends that were part of the edge ministry heard about what we were doing and were like that sounds cool we want to do it too so i'm pretty sure even at the very first one nikki showed up it might have been the second one i, I just showed up like she just showed up and she's not the only one <laughs> so and then you know as people started hearing about it like people started being like, oh that sounds cool that sounds cool you know so i would say by like the fourth time we met we had like 50 people in an, in an apartment. I think Nikki's apartment, probably. You couldn't even like walk in the door. Yeah. It was so, it was, it was a fire hazard. It was insane. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, we're like, wow, this is really cool. Like, this is exciting, exciting to be a part of. Um, but there was too many people to have in a house. And we had people like coming from Marietta to be a part of that part of it, which like wasn't really the intention. Like this is to reach out to people in this area. So we, the size of the group was pared down to maybe like 20 to 25 people. So it was basically our married family group and then the singles family group that was down here from Edge. And so we started doing this house church once a month. And it didn't take long for that group, for those 
you know, those groups, our house starts to grow bigger again. And it got to the point where it was maybe we were hitting 50 again. Um, you know, and and it was just, uh, it was a very exciting time. It was a very exciting experience. And there was a lot that we learned, you know, a lot of things we had to kind of figure out, right? So instead of just showing up at church and everything happens up there on stage and then, you know, you talk to some people afterwards, it was a very different kind of experience, right? In different ways, you know? Uh, we had to figure out like, how do we want to do church? You know, and we could do the traditional like three songs, welcome announcements, you know, you know how it is. Like you kind of know what to expect when you show up at church. Um, you know, and just think that through, you know, and how do we want to do the Lord's Supper and how do we want to do worship and, you know, taking what we had learned, you know, from North Bear, from other congregations we've been at and figuring out what made sense in that context for the people that were in that group. And, you know, it was just super cool. Um, and I think, there, you know, some, there's something different about having house church, which, you know, it's not the same as having house church via, you know, Zoom. But, you know, when, when you can sit around the table and break bread together with your brothers and sisters and, and there's just being there, remembering Jesus in that context really puts things in a very different perspective you know we realize that this is not about me <laughs> this is not about my experience at church mm-hmm. at an event this is about the body of christ you know when we break that one loaf you know we are all participating in, in being a part of the body of christ and committing ourselves to one another during the lord's supper right it's not like this individual experience but anyway um, there was a lot that we learned, and uh, people were bringing out their friends. It was a very exciting time. Um, is there anything you want to say about that time? I know that. I think just um, reiterating how different it is to sort of go from being a spectator or a consumer, which is sort of like, especially having grown up in the church and sitting in the aisle, sitting in the pew, and just like taking things in and having all of the thoughts that we have about like, oh, I like this or I don't like that. Or, um, and I think over time that can really build up. Um, and I think then being in a position where all of a sudden you're the ones trying to figure out what is church going to look like this Sunday and not just sort of critiquing how it's being done, but having to put yourself out there and say, you know, what ideas you have and how you want it to be and um, and really having to pour yourself into making church. Um, that was a really amazing and bonding experience for us as a group. And also messy, like really messy, just because we all had different ideas and flavors of like what we thought that should be. And, and as the group got bigger, which I'm not going to talk about, like we got more ideas and more flavors and more diversity and so, you know, that process became even, like, richer and messier um, as that has continued to progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, what we were doing, I mean, having a house church, that's not, like, some novel idea, you know what I mean, that, like, no one had ever done before or anything. 
I mean, it, you know, it's really how they did it in the beginning. Um, and so it's kind of cool just to think about, you know, what it must have been like to have church in the first century and, and you know, how could we do trips like that? Um, but I think it was more than just an event. It was, um, you know, we were working together. Like it was that real sense of camaraderie and community. And it wasn't easy, like Katie was saying. I mean, you know, because we wanted to do something where the singles and marrieds were mixed as opposed to separated, and because, um, well, for a lot of reasons, basically, we had to have a lot of meetings about this to get everyone's buy-in and input. And, you know, there was one time where, like, those of us who were kind of leading this thing had to sit down with the leaders in the church, and I think pretty much, like, every staff member across the whole church was there except campus and like elders were there and this is just to have one house church <laughs> in the city right so you know at times there were, we, we wish things would go faster so we it was also really important for us to, to learn and to listen and to be humble and work together and coordinate and because we really believed you know that that you know, God was leading us towards this, but also, and that, and that we had a lot to learn from the leadership of North River, but also, like, if we can stay connected as we tried this thing, that it could end up also benefiting the rest of the congregation, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's been kind of cool to see that happen in a way, you know, like, you know, we sort of helped pi- pioneer the community groups, now North River's doing community groups, right, mm-hmm. so, and they're mixing married and singles, you know. Um, and it's not like, anyway, I don't want to like try to take credit for these ideas. They didn't come from me. Mm-hmm. But just seeing the, the, the fruit of working together mm-hmm. and staying connected, mm-hmm. which we'll get into in the book of Ephesians in a second. So, uh, um, so I'll fast forward a little bit. So we had this house church. And around that time, there were other groups that were going on in town too. Like the Giffords had a family group in the Edge Ministry that was in town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, we should like hook up with them and connect with them. So we reached out to them. And then around that same time, we had a lot of brothers and sisters join us from another local congregation in Atlanta with like a very different church culture. And then we had a bunch of people come like from Athens and from like some from campuses in Atlanta, but like a lot from Athens join up with us and so around that time, we had to get a lot more organized because, you know, we went from this one house church and now it was like a lot of people, a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of people coming from different church cultures, different expectations. And um, it, it, was, it was a challenge um, by, by the grace of God and through our commitment to Jesus, we were able to work together, I think, and, and figure out um, what really mattered and, you know, how to be connected. And I think that's continued to be, you know, an ongoing thing for in town. Um, you know, we didn't really start off with, like, one person, like, telling everybody what to do. Like, we didn't have that kind of, like, hierarchical leadership structure. You know, and as the hands have got more involved, they didn't really have that kind of, like, we're going to tell everyone what to do mentality. It was, you know, um, and uh, I would just say that it's been... Um, an incredible blessing to have all these different groups of people come together. Mm-hmm. It's been so cool because 
you know, to be honest, like that initial house church that we had, it was predominantly white. It was predominantly people that had grown up in the church and who tended to think a certain way about church. And, you know, it was just flat, flat-sided in a lot of ways. And so, you know, with all these different groups coming together, I mean, God really added a lot of diversity, not just in terms of race and ethnicity, but also in terms of ways of thinking and strengths and gifts. And it's just been an incredible blessing. And one of the things that's encouraging me so much too about being in town is continuing to see God like strengthen our numbers and continue to bring in people who are like eager to serve and you know are ready to pour out their gifts and be and tap in and and join and engage and um it's just been so cool it's been so cool to see and i'm so grateful to god to have been able to be a part of this experience um anything else you want to add before we jump into the scriptures okay so let's get into ephesians um you know it's uh when it comes to the topic of in town i always have like too much to say uh, compared to the time i have allotted but also especially when it comes to the book of ephesians i always go over time always <laughs> always go over time because it's just awesome so um so i'll try to be concise i'll try to be concise it's 814 man already once okay <laughs> ephesians so ephesians is an interesting book just a little bit of overview I think about Ephesians, when I think about the themes of the book of Ephesians, I think about the letter P. Because it focuses on purpose, it focuses on the fact that we have a place, it focuses on purity. You know, there's a lot of themes like with P letters that that are in the book of Ephesians. Um, I'm not gonna get into all of that, but if you feel so inclined after our time together today, you're trying to figure out what do I study in the Bible, I would suggest Ephesians. Um, hopefully this, you know, piques your interest. Whenever I am doing a lesson, one of my primary goals is always to keep people's interest enough in the scriptures if they want to go back and study out more for themselves. So hopefully this inspires you to do that. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 2, and um, we'll start reading in verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace And in this one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets 
with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we're going to spend some time here in this passage and then another passage in Ephesians uh, trying to highlight um, some ways that these kind of scriptures have helped us over the years in town and how I think they might apply to, to where you might be at today. But first of all, let us remember how we got here in the first place. Like, why are we even, why are you even here tonight? What are you doing sitting in front of a computer screen with all these random people on a Wednesday night? Why are you here? Because in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Right? So we're here tonight because Jesus died to show us a better way and to allow us to be able to approach God, to be in a relationship with God. And more than that, to be in relationship with one another. Like Jesus died to save you, yes, but Jesus died so we could have the church. Jesus died so that we could be with one another. Um, you know, he is our peace. He's destroyed the barriers between us, the hostilities. His purpose, his purpose, right? So this is not just like uh, like a side effect of what Jesus did. Like his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them. And he, he's talking about the Jews and Gentiles. Uh, both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you, to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. But through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit, right? So it, it was Jesus' divine purpose in going to the cross. Part of that purpose was this, was so that we could share in fellowship with one another. And one of the things you see throughout the book of Ephesians is just over and over again, Paul emphasizes how precious this gift is that we have one another, that we have the body of Christ. Now, I think Paul was aware of how messy church can be, right? It's not like he's, he's saying all this and he's talking about some perfect church somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, where there's no problems, everyone got along, and there was no sin, like... That's not what Jesus, that's not what Paul's talking about here. And so, you know, I think it's helpful to kind of look through a book like Ephesians and think about really why is the church so important? You know, why would Jesus die to help make this happen? And because, um, well, let's, let's, let's dig in some more. Okay, so, um, one of the things that I think is, just I'll just point out a couple things in this passage uh, that I think are really important. Um, 
that maybe like whenever you have really rich passages like this, it's all you need to kind of gloss over like little bits and phrases, you know. Um, like verse 18, for example. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Okay, so there's little phrases like by one spirit, we can easily kind of like, glance over that. But one of the other things that you, you'll see if you study out Ephesians is the role of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the role of the Holy Spirit and how it's not this personal experience. A lot of times we think of the Holy Spirit as like this, you know, being God. God's speaking to me, God moving in my life. I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I have my spirit. Matt has yeah, his Holy Spirit. I have my Holy Spirit. Wow, like, yeah. Everyone has their Holy Spirit. My Spirit's saying this to me. His Spirit's saying that to him. Yeah. yeah. And when you put it that way, you realize how ridiculous it is, yeah. but that's kind of how we tend to think about it, right? That's not how it is, right? The Holy Spirit that's in me right here as I sit in this room is the same Holy Spirit that's inside of Henry, that's inside of Jasmine, and Delilah, if I pronounced that correctly, and inside of Mr. Wembley, like it's the same Holy Spirit in all of us as we're all sitting far away from each other. And that same Holy Spirit is at work in all of us simultaneously. Right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was reading the chat box. Yeah, please excuse my brother-in-law a lot. He's very irreverent. Um, but uh, we all have the same Holy Spirit. And it's moving in all of us. He's also a lady. <laughs> <laughs> he is indeed. Yeah. He is indeed. Um, you asked for it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe someone could post his number in the chat box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, let's dox lot tonight. All right. So um, we have the Holy same Holy Spirit. All right. So we have the Holy Spirit, it's inside all of us, and it's working through us, right? Spirit moves among us and is at work in the church, right? And um, so, you know, you see that same thing also in verse 22, where he says, And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Right? We tend to think Jesus living in us, God living in us which is true, but it's really God lives in us, right? All of us. We together form the temple in which God lives by his spirit, right? So there's something really awesome and cool about when we come together, you know, God's Holy Spirit living in us. I think, too, there was a, um, I don't know if you remember this, Nikki, but, like, right at the beginning, we did this huge study on the Holy Spirit in the in-town ministry. It was, like, one of the first things that we, like, really dug into, and it was like mind blowing. I mean, for a lot of us spiritually, it was just really profound. I think the combination of like this intimate Lord's Supper coupled with this like really deep and rich study on the Holy Spirit um, was just incredibly powerful. And then all of a sudden, it was like the winds of the Spirit just came in and just started like blowing. And I mean, one of the things we knew was like, we want more diversity in all kinds of ways like we we need to grow as a ministry and all of a sudden like all these people we have we went from like 30 to 80 people like it felt like overnight all these new people came in and with like all these other ideas about what they wanted in town to be and um and it was just so clearly the spirit 
working in this way that like none of us could have anticipated or planned um, and and moving the ministry in this whole new direction um, that then we felt like we were all sort of running to catch up with um, but I feel like the having that mindset that we all had had made it so much um, we were really open to whatever it was that the spirit wanted to do and and it really did feel like oh this collective thing that the spirit was doing and sort of working in so many people at once yeah and I think along those lines I think in some ways our study on the Holy Spirit prepared us for what was about to happen because like when you bring all those different kinds of people together like everything kind of slows down (laughs) because yeah, you have to build, you have to take time, right? You have to connect, you have to listen and learn. And, and for us, for some of us, that was kind of like, oh, you're putting the brakes on this thing. Like, we have momentum, this, you know. Yeah, we know where we're going, and then it's like, but, no, you don't. <laughs> the thing is that sometimes the way the Holy Spirit works doesn't feel good, <laughs> right? We think of the Holy Spirit moving as like this emotional experience that we have when we're singing like the song really into, you know what I mean? Like the Holy Spirit doesn't always feel that good. And so I think it sort of prepared, at least prepared me for the fact that, hey, like, oh, you want to follow the Spirit? You're into the Spirit now? All right, follow the Spirit now. Yeah, sort of like an ax when like the church gets persecuted and the Spirit just spreads all the disciples out of the city. like. It sort of felt like, oh, we had this really tight-knit group, and then all of a sudden, like, no, we need 10 family groups, and all of you, you can't be in a group together, like, because each of you needs to lead your own family group, and it was wild. It, I feel like for us, it really was refining of, like, why are we doing what we're doing? Do we just want to, like, hang out with our friends, or do we really believe in this, like, community that we're trying to build? And all of a sudden, like, you know, we were really working in a way that like we hadn't had to before yeah um all right let's keep moving Ephesians, okay so um the next passage i want to look at is ephesians 4 but ephesians 3 has a cool verse i just want to point out um which ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 okay it's continuing along the same lines of you know how god was revealing his will to the church and spirit in verse 10 it says in chapter 3, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accompanied, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so, you know, I, I read a scripture like that and I'm just like, wow, his intent was that through the church, his wisdom should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. And again, we're not talking about a perfect church. We're not talking about when it all goes right. And in some ways, I think that's even the whole point, right? But there's something about God's plan of bringing different kinds of people together that his wisdom is revealed, not just to people, but to like leaders and authorities in the heavenly realms, I don't even know what that means, but it's crazy, (laughs) right? It's crazy, like 
mind these authorities and heavenly realms. Um, but you know, just to think about like, like that's why we're here. What we're doing here is evidence of God's work and His wisdom. All right. Um, so let's go to chapter four, and this is a more familiar passage to us when it comes to topics like unity um, in the body. So in chapter four, I'll start reading in verse three. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Notice the, the role of the spirit here. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he descended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Let's skip down to verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. All right. So again, there's a lot in this passage. I'll try to be concise. Verse three says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Okay. So I just want to highlight this because remember we were talking before about how we all have the same spirit, right? And God's Holy Spirit is inside all of us. So but the passage like this makes me think a little differently about my relationships. Because if I withdraw, I'm not just taking my Holy Spirit with me, but I'm actually tearing apart. I mean, I, it doesn't really tear apart the Holy Spirit, but I'm, I'm agonizing the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit in me wants to be alongside and on board with the Holy Spirit in each one of you. Right? Like, if Sam and I don't get along, how does the Holy Spirit feel about that? You know how it is, like, when you have really good friends or family members and they don't get along? Like, how it grieves you? And, like, that's how God feels. It's like, no, like, like you know, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You know, and then this chapter, I mean, verse four is like the classic one, you know, there's one body and one spirit, right? So we're all a part of the body, the church, and living in that body, the spirit of that body is the Holy Spirit, right? The spirit of the church is the Holy Spirit. Um, okay. 
All right, I was looking at the time. All right, so skip that part, skip that part. I don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> read Ephesians. Right, read Ephesians. Uh, verse 13, I'll bring up too. Okay. Um, it talks about until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay. So typically we think, and this is not totally wrong, but typically we tend to think that our job, like what's supposed to happen to us as Christians, is that we become more and more like Jesus and our goal is to be like Jesus. Okay, that's correct. But practically speaking, what he's talking about here is the way that we become like Jesus is by being together and working together to become like Jesus. Because for me, I'm just a, I'm just a toenail in the body of Christ. And no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try to be like Jesus, that's about all I'm going to amount to. Right? So, you know, and that, so what, what <laughs> like, what does that show? Like, how does that glorify God if I'm just a toenail? Right? Mm-hmm. But if we come together, each person using their gifts, each person contributing, each person saying, how can I glorify God? And how can I build up the church? And we come together, that's the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the fullness of Christ. It's not in our own individual pursuits. It's not in our own individual relationships with God. It's through the church. And so if we, you know, um, and then I'll highlight also verse 16. It says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So one of the challenges that I know people have coming into the in-town ministry is that mm, there's not always someone that, tells you what you should be doing. And you don't get assigned somebody to be your discipler or what family group to be in. You know, you you don't get like a schedule of like things that you like. And I remember one time early on in, in, in town ministry, Katie and I were like, oh, we should have like a marriage steve That would be cool because there's an easy marriage ministry. So we started doing that. And after about a uh, a few months of us doing that, some singles were like, well, how come you guys have a married Zebo, but we don't have a single Zebo? And I said, well, that's a good question. Why don't you have a single Zebo? Right? Like, as in, like, you can do that if you want to, right? Like, you know, we decided we want to do this, and we did it, and, you know. And, you know, that's the kind of, like, spirit that that we want to cultivate in the in-town ministry. Right? Like, if you see a need, need it. I would not suggest trying to do it by yourself because you'll be discouraged, and that's not how the Holy Spirit's supposed to work. Right? So, if you see a need, find some people that you, know, you might be able to inspire that feel like you do, or see, you know, see the need with you, and, and work together. You know, talk to the talk to leaders and see if anyone else is doing something similar. Connect and do it. You know, um, and you know, because we need each part of the body to do their their work. We need each one of you. And I know there's probably some of you that there's that voice inside of you that's like, "What do I have to give?" Or, you know, I don't know this or that. Or, I've never done this or that before. Just remember that 
you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, mm-hmm. like we've been talking about, right? And it, it's going to lead you. It's going to guide you. It's going to help you to get to where you want to be. And some of your ideas um, might not be here now. That's all right. You know? It's not about you and your ideas. Uh, it's about glorifying God. But, you know, don't stay on the sideline. You know, don't wait for somebody to to tell you what to do. You get advice, for sure. But, you know, we need each part to do its work. And um, I think I'll leave it at that. I believe there are some questions. Can I share one more thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. I've um, talked too much. I apologize. No, you're a lot smarter than me. Um, no, it just made me think of something else that I wanted to make sure that I said before we get the questions. Um, you know, I, I think this is where the role of faith really becomes important because, um, you know, if you have been at church for like longer than five minutes, you have opinions about church and, and you have needs and you see other people's needs. And, um, and the challenge is to, you know, there's a couple directions you can go with that. You can become critical, um, and sort of pull away. Um, or you can really dig deep in your faith and say, okay, based on what I see and what God has put on my heart, like, do I have a vision for the kind of church that the world needs right now? And, and what do I think that should look like? Um, and, you know, do I have faith? Because God says, like, go in the faith that you have, right? Like, how do I need to be going in the faith that I have right now? Um, and really, like, letting the spirit work through you to make this the church that is going to honor God that really is the body of Christ um and I think sometimes um you know the that seems overwhelming but even starting with this a little thing like you know one house church or one service project or you know one idea you have for a really cool zoom topic that you want to discuss or whatever like um but really having the spirit to be um, looking for ways to not just be faithful, but to be full of faith um, and being able to live that out. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I think we're going to do some Q&A, but I believe that there are some announcements to be made. So this is up to you guys what you want to do, but I was thinking maybe Henry could say, share the announcements and then we come back for Q&A and if people need to leave they can leave we're happy to hang out out for a little while and go past the time if people are interested cool yeah that sounds like a good plan um yeah I was just gonna wrap it up um with some takeaways that I got uh thanks so much man Katie it was really cool um really grateful for you guys sharing your thoughts your wisdom your lives um and yeah, I think uh, it's really cool that God doesn't intend for everyone to to be on the sidelines at church. Um, that He does really want us all to engage. That we're not meant to be spectators. Um, just talking about the Holy Spirit, I I like always feel challenged. I think it causes my faith to have to be upped. Again, God working in it and not like any kind of skills that I've developed being what drives success of a meeting or a group or whatever it is. Um, so thanks for that. 
And just Nikki mentioned that at the beginning, but um, that scripture in Second Peter one talks about how God's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Um, I think that just ties in really well too. Where like, oh, you guys are super super gifted and have a ton of a ton to offer, um, and God has really given it to you uh, through His Spirit. Um, but yeah, beyond that, um, just with with kind of like the state of the singles uh, group here in in town, wanted to shed some some clarity on it, kind of what the the goal is for the future, uh, kind of what we're we're hoping that it can be. Um, I so I've been in in town like a year and a half, um, and it's been awesome. Uh, one of the things I have loved is like how much personal responsibility we can take for the ministry, for what's going on. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like we all we all do have the chance to just plan a Devo or um, meet a need that we see. Um, but kind of kind of the way we've been operating is like this singles group. Uh, kind of supplements the family groups. Matt and Katie were talking about, uh, you know, how family groups have developed over the course of InTown Summit. But um, yeah, I think that's still the case with InTown, where like the family groups are really the focal point. Uh, the family groups are really what what drives the ministry as a whole. Um, but we, as the singles, can gather together and build friendships and uh, like really connect with each other, provide another point of connection to help each other grow closer to God and another chance for the spirit to move. Um, but also like it's a huge way to reach out to our friends, a huge way to connect with the cities, like the city around us. Um, yeah, and so I'm, I'm hoping like everything we, we do as a, as a singles group can really be focused on those those two things. Um, and quick note, I don't know if y'all have like heard much about the Thrive Ministry and what that is. Um, it's kind of replacing Edge, but it's it's more like what I was just saying um, can be the I guess the goal of our singles ministry just on the scale of all of North River. Um, so all the singles in, in North River kind of coming together and building friendships and connecting with the world around us. Um, it, yeah, it's stuff that like, I think is a cool opportunity to connect. Um, but like, if you feel like you have a lot going on or it's too much pressure or another, another event to add to the schedule, um, that's not the goal. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an opportunity and it's out there. Um, and, uh, for the announcements, there is a thrive event going on on Saturday at seven 30. It's kind of like a virtual fellowship night. So we're going to be playing some games, um, playing, uh, and like splitting off into breakout rooms and just getting to connect with with one or two people at a time, but then also coming back together and doing a lot of stuff, um, playing games like as a group. Um, other announcements, um, 
about this phone. John sent me some stuff. Um, so, oh geez, he sent me like this this long paragraph. I'll try to condense it. Um, so there's North River has this COVID task force. Uh, I think it's been mentioned at church or other stuff before, but um, yeah, so they are, it's to kind of address like meeting up in groups and kind of what the church's stance on that is. Um, but the task force, they, they're they recommending like um, outdoor gatherings are like more safe. Um, we can use the church campus to have outdoor events if we need. Um, but uh, yeah, just like the indoor events, um, kind of the CDC is still uh, recommending having pretty small gatherings and staying distanced for sure. Um, but uh, outdoor events do pose less of a risk than the indoor events. Um, all right, beyond that, um, the church is not gonna meet on North River campus, like for church inside the building in the first half of September. Um, they said that the numbers are improving in our area, um, and, but they're waiting for them to, to kind of improve more before we meet back at the building in any capacity. And next week we are meeting in family groups. That. Um, but yeah, I think that's all the announcements that I can remember. Um, awesome. Yeah, Sam, you got it. Thank you, Henry. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Matt and Katie, for uh, your time. I checking the time, and I think we only have one question allowed for. So that we can let everybody go. It's gonna be pretty late. And then what we'll do is we will uh, put the, hopefully Matt and Katie, if you want to answer, you could answer the question, then we can circulate the email out to other um, single members who may have other questions. So feel free to keep asking us questions, throw it in the chat box, but we only have one um, question that we're going to ask today. And that question is from Delilah. And that question is, what were the characteristics and qualities of exemplary leadership you saw from the singles in building in town that you think will benefit singles now to embrace? Nice question, Delilah. That was the one we wanted to answer. <laughs> Not that the other ones were bad. They're all good, but that one was like really good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna let Matt answer. And... Thought you guys were finishing at 830. <laughs> Alright, so I, um, one of the things, Right. 
because maybe you're in a family group, but it's like full of people like us, you know what I mean? Or people who have, that's true. I married young. Um, but like old, old people like me, or people with kids who don't have as much time, and you're like, I wanna do stuff, you know? Or I wanna connect, I wanna, you know? Or, you know, I wanna get to know some people of the opposite sex, you know what I mean? Like whatever, stuff like that. And so I know it can be uh, one of the challenges, particularly for singles, they come in and they're like, I wanna connect more with people in general and I wanna connect more with other singles. And, you know, we were intentional about trying to have family groups that were diverse. Um, and and it doesn't, you don't have to do it this way, okay? Who knows what will happen in the future. But we wanted to have family groups that were diverse because we felt like it more represented the fullness of Christ to have different kinds of people in the groups, yep. right? And, you know, that if you had a single friend, if I had a single friend, I wanted to invite them to my family group, that would be kind of weird if it was just married people or vice versa, right? Um, so we, we really found it to be awesome, but we also recognize that it doesn't really meet all the needs as well among those different kinds of people in different places in their life, right? So, you know, to me, like doing something like this is cool, even though for the most part tonight, we haven't really talked about single specific issues. Um, you know, it's cool to be able to connect, it's cool to be able to talk to different people and build those relationships because they're really important. Like connecting with other singles or people that have more time or people, you know what I mean? Like that's really important. Um, but I will say that one of the things we've learned in InTown is that when people come into InTown and they just stay close to the people that they already knew or that are like them, it doesn't usually go well doesn't go well for them and it's not good for the rest of the church because we miss out mm -hmm. so that's one thing i would say um okay that didn't totally answer delilah's question i think it does though but it does in a way yeah yeah in that like the you know we really wanted to partner with singles in this work and we didn't um you know, there are a lot of single leaders in the Bible. Jesus was single. Paul was single. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, I think the first part was just like, it was exemplary for singles to be willing to partner with marrieds and say, let's try to do church together and step up and like seek out a leadership position. And, um, and that partnership was so rich. Um, and it wasn't just like, oh, we're gonna go to meetings together. It was like, you know, we are gonna really be in each other's lives and you're gonna see my marriage and you're gonna see my parenting and I'm going to see your life and all the challenges that are come with being a single professional in the city. And, um, and I think those bonds are so incredibly powerful um and we never would have had that if we hadn't um really tried to um lead in a way that was like pretty non-traditional um at the time and that really did have the singles and marrieds like um on an equal footing and really wanting to lead together um and i think too um I'm trying to think of other like really exemplary qualities um well i think 
I mean, I think about different particular people. You know, when I think about when I when I when I think about the question, I think about mm-hmm. particular people, right? Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, that they. I think a lot of the singles had to exercise a lot of patience mm-hmm. with us, yeah. uh, because, like I said, things aren't aren't necessarily going to move at the same pace when you have different kind of people, um, and. I think that it was cool for me when we first started in town. Um, you know, we had mixed family groups, and some of the, the leaders of the family groups were singles, which doesn't sound like too big of a deal, but I I had never heard before of a mixed family group being led by singles with marrieds in it. That was a novel thing for most of us, mm-hmm. you know? And, so I th- and for some singles, I think maybe like an intimidating thing. Mm-hmm to you know have marriages in your family group and you're leading them but you don't really know what marriage is like necessarily but you, you know you kind of do anyway um and so i think um there was a lot of boldness and i think a lot of passion a lot of um you know when i think about people like uh nikki and i think about people like jackie i mean these are people that have been faithful and loyal and steadfast and passionate mm-hmm. you know i think about people like ashley perry mm-hmm. you know who in the middle of a very successful career was like i'm gonna go spend some time in bolivia mm-hmm. right like being adventurous you know doing those things that maybe it's a little hard for me with two kids to do but still inspires me you know um you know i think about people that you know had you know maybe some had a lot to do even as a single people thought responsibilities and mm-hmm. still really pouring themselves out yeah um, john and his phd program yeah. jacob in med school and i mean people who like they did lessons they hosted they went to all the meeting i mean just really like poured themselves into this um yeah. for a lot really of singles, inspiring for a lot of singles that showed a lot of hospitality mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. almost all of our events for the first while we're all hosted by singles yeah. <laughs> you know uh and that that was a great encouragement mm-hmm. um so i know we need to wrap it up i'm i i sam i don't want to like mess with your plan but i i we are really open you can, we can finish this they can be done and then we can hang out for a little while for anyone who wants to fellowship and discuss anything further. All right, that's, that's what I was That's fine, yep. Yeah. Right. It's been really great to see you guys. Yes, Appreciate thank you it. for having us. I wish we could have you all over in our homes for dinner and welcome you to the in-town ministry. And hopefully we'll be able to do that soon. All right, I'll just leave the meeting open and Feel free to stay, stay back, chat, have fun, and enjoy. Right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. up, everybody. All the planning and everything. Yeah. curious how you uh, answered uh, Nikki's question about having deep Bible studies, especially when it comes to uh, politics and homosexuality. 
Yeah. yeah. Some... Wait, what was this? Can we get some contact for those who did not see the question? <laughs> Nikki, would you mind getting contact? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it, like when we first started in town, like what they were talking about, we did this deep study of the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm not kidding you. We were like in the word every Sunday. We like sat down together and it was really powerful. But then as like this group from another church came and morphed with us, it became very apparent that there were some like deep things that we needed to like actually have an understanding of what we were going to like our mission. Right. Like, and so some of that, like the idea, especially living in the city, homosexuality comes up when you're talking to friends. Um, Politics comes up in our world, especially with these next few months. So in that context of like these kind of like hot topics, and, and building our own convictions, how do we do that as a family group? Like, what are you, what is your advice for how to really dig in on a family group level to really have deep Bible study that's productive um, and to, that allows for, like, an open and healthy space to talk through those things? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, would, I will say, first of all, that I feel like as a whole, as a ministry, this is something that, I don't know if we've ever really gotten around to really digging into, do you know what I mean? Like some of the topics you mentioned. Um, And, but I think in a way it's a little, it's, um, it emphasizes to me like the value and importance of having small groups and talking about these things in small groups because these are the kind of things like politics or like more controversial issues um, where you might have someone preach something from the pulpit and what people do is they're like, yeah, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I see it differently. And then that just happens. And then you have like a church filled with people who have different views on something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially, you know, when you don't have like a real serious hierarchical structure, that's just the way it happens. Mm-hmm. And so, because of that, I think you end up having to hash out a lot of these things in a small group, one-on-one setting. Because these things, for some people, like politics, or for example, are so deeply ingrained that, you know, or, or issues about money is another one like that, right? Like things that just kind of people tend to be hold privately that, you know, we need to hear and listen and talk. So, well, it's also the danger of a homogenous group. Because if your small group has everyone who thinks the same, then that's a problem for you actually getting to the root of, okay, what does the Bible say on this? And, you know, we have family groups in town with Trump voters and, you know, very progressive Democrat activists. And they go at it in D group like and they've had we've had a lot of groups with like intense conversations and but the to me the worst case scenario is that somebody leaves a group because they feel like you know other people in the group don't think the same way as them on an issue and it can't be reconciled because i feel like that small group is where the magic happens um and you want to have people who like have different views on things and you want that to be the place where you're talking about Black Lives Matter, and you're talking about homosexuality, and um, and really like, and it's a safe enough space for people to actually say, you know, this is hindering me from inviting people to church, or I'm not really sure what I think about this issue, or um, 
you know, I'm uncomfortable with like how this was addressed at the sermon on Sunday and, um, you know, being able to then say, give your family group leader enough heads up that they can say, well, let's have like an actual study on this. Like, let's all study it out. Let's come back together. Let's talk about it. I mean, that's sort of like where the Holy Spirit um, topic all started. Yeah. What was the nature of the group that you merged with? Was it like another Church of Christ or ICC or? So, yeah, that's great. And what's your name, by the way? I'm Victoria. I actually, I live in Oregon, but I'm moving to Marietta in November. Awesome. awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So it's only uh, six here. <laughs> Welcome. Let's go. Cool for you to join us. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Victoria. Yeah, so, so awesome that you joined. Yeah, Oregon. Okay, coming from Oregon. Nice. Like Portland? Or? Yeah, I live in Eugene. Eugene. Oh, I have friends in Eugene. That's cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, former churches. <laughs> um, Expats. So, um, to kind of simplify it, so I would say there were, when we all came together, there were four different groups. So there's a group that we were a part of, this house church that we had started. Mm-hmm. And then um, there, were, there were family groups from the, the greater singles ministry at North River, right, the edge ministry. So there are, I would say, two family groups worth of people and one of them was organized and one of them was not as like, you know, um, there have been anyway, two family groups worth of people from edge, I would say mm-hmm. our house church, then people from, um, the a good chunk of people from the campus ministry at UGA in Athens. Mm-hmm. And then we had a group of people come over from the path, which was, like, like a sister congregation. Yeah, sister Church of Christ. Um, um, like majority African-American, mm-hmm. um, mostly located in like the south and the east side of town. Um, and and almost all of the folks who came had been converted in college, um, like mm-hmm. hadn't grown up in the church. Um, and a lot of representation from like the HBCUs. Um, so mm-hmm. even just that group coming in was like very different backgrounds, like just added for context really? it's like rob rosador mo that's like mm-hmm. where that group came in yeah and they all like really came kind of in a wave um and joined at the same time the path went through a lot of transition and um and a lot of folks came to North River around that time yep. so yeah people who like i can't imagine our ministry without them now yeah. like it's crazy um that's really cool mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. There was one question around um, in what ways would you try to challenge and encourage others to use their gifts, especially in like a small group setting? Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's a good question. I would say, first of all, ask them. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't mean to be like trite when I say that, but I like, ser- like, I, I know that for a lot of people, they, they need to be asked and like in a specific way right because maybe they lack faith maybe they don't want to be presumptuous about what gifts they might have right like i think i might be good at this but maybe i'm not 
maybe other people don't think I'm good at this, you know? So I think asking people to do things is a simple but important step that sometimes we like miss out on. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the passage we read in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 kind of speaks to what you were asking as well, right? Like that's really, like that's the role of leadership is to get, to help people to use their gifts, right? And so um, I think that, you know, seeing, seeing, the, seeing the gifts that people have I think as a leader, it's important to look out, like, what are people's gifts? You know, we, I know I tend to be more like problem focused, where I like see the problems that people have and see the problems in a group. You're a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, even a therapist, like they train, they train us to like see strengths, you know, because we tend to be so negative just as people. So I think sometimes it takes a lot of intentionality and concerted effort to okay, what are the strengths here, you know? Like, what are, what are the gifts? And really be thoughtful about that, you know? Um, and so that you, cause some people don't see that in themselves. You know, it's kind of like that Gideon example. Um, like, who, where are the mighty warriors out there? Maybe in a wine press, threshing wheat, yeah. you know? Looking back, would you? Well, on the call, I'll see your question. Yeah, I can. Yeah, ask your question. Um, I feel like I, I would love to hear sort of what your um, like vision for in town is, or like how your um, what your experience has been coming in and, you know, are there things that you would really um, like to see the ministry grow in? Um, and also are there things that like we can do as like, you know, the marrieds or marries with kids or, you know, just old timers uh, to help make that happen or support you? Wait, is Jacob on this call too? I just saw your name. I didn't even give Jacob a shout out. To what me. I did? Okay, good. You got a shout it out. I'm here. Oh, uh, <laughs> hey guys. Oh He's one of the Intel OGs. He could he could be doing this lesson. Yeah, he could be. No, I don't think so. You guys did a great job. Busy again. I feel like I have thoughts, but I feel like a little bit weird sharing thoughts when I'm a part of like the original crew but um even toby just asked a question about combating fear with like older people um to i don't toby you're still on yeah you're on the call um and i think just with that like i was kind of thinking like i mean people are peers if you make them peers like and i think for me i knew that a lot of my peers were married when we first we started in town i think it was like jacob jackie me ashley Ottawa, like I'm trying to think of actually like of the amount of single there weren't that many like around us and so our peers were married like we were and you didn't feel it as much because there was there were um there were no kiddos around yet um but I do think that some of it is just digging in like going to like I would go to a couple and be like how can I serve you like especially now that kids are around like 
hey, I'd love to cook you dinner. Like, can you guys come over and have dinner at my house? Like, it's kind of like Jesus in that way. I'm coming over to your house. Like, you know, like, I'm going to have dinner with you. Um, and I think you, it's just a matter of just inserting yourself into people's lives um, that you want to grow from, that you, you want to get to know, um, whether they're singles or marrieds. Because I think we, like we were saying throughout tonight, like, everyone has like a role to play like we need each other and it doesn't matter what life stage you're in like we all have if if Matt's a toenail I'm definitely not a toenail um I'm more like an arm I want to say I'm an arm (laughs) but like just the, the 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 our gifts are so different that like I couldn't I don't love to like sit and preach a lesson like but I love to be able to like sit and discuss like right so like my gifts are so different. And if we didn't have anybody to do that, would still someone be able to step up? And I think that's why we just need each other. But I think in terms of older people versus younger people, that's mm-hmm. Satan in some ways. Like just cat, like whatever that fear is or that like intimidation, I think that's Satan just creeping in, making you think it's not possible or you're not whatever enough to like approach or whatever. Um, because I think that's exactly what you need, right? Like I think the things I fear the most, I'm like, I got to push through this because that's exactly what I need. Um, and I think it's just, it's so special and powerful to have that, that partnership with the marrieds. Like, especially consider being single. Like if I'm single for a while, like at least I know that like the scriptures say, God said it's the lonely in families and uh, half of the, the power I have in, in being close to marrieds is just that if I'm lonely, like, I can immediately be stepping into a family and feel a part of something. I don't, I don't have to, I don't folk, I'm not really someone who necessarily focuses on my singleness, but, um, that is something that when I do start to feel lonely, it's a really easy way to feel plugged into something really fast. I don't know if that answers your question or is good feedback for that, but just kind of oh. things I was thinking. No, I appreciate you saying that, Nikki. I mean, I'm not really great at befriending older people. Um, but I will say that it's really good to do. Um, and that, uh, I'll also say that I really appreciated the younger people who have kind of done what Nikki said and like Mm -hmm. initiated Mm -hmm. and because there are a lot of older people in the Intel ministry and by me older, I don't, I mean, I I guess, you know, if someone's you know, in their mid-20s, like someone who's 30 is older, you know, there's, you know, um, but, so, you know, but, you know, I think that, like, um, I lost my train of thought. My point was that um, there are a lot of people who are older and more, like, seasoned in life, maybe been Christians longer, who, in, in town, who actually really would love to have people who are like coming to them for like encouragement mm-hmm. and advice and wanted to be a part of their lives you know because what tends to happen in a, in a ministry that is organized the way we are is like people tend to all go to the same people for advice like mm-hmm. oh did John and Vivian they're in charge let's all go to them for advice right but there's actually a lot of wisdom at a lot of different levels within the congregation and so i think people might be like maybe more eager than you realize to like be helpful and um 
you know, I also just appreciate people who, younger people who have like stepped up and into my life mm-hmm. and have encouraged me and have challenged me. I mean, I'm the old guy in town, besides like mm-hmm. the really old people, like the noodles and sauces and paints. Like, you know, I'm the old guy. <laughs> yeah. And so. I just think about like the richness that's come from that. Like somebody like Donovan, who like, does anyone else miss Donovan? I miss Donovan so much. Like, he like came to our kids' birthday parties. He like bought Finn a quesadilla, would like come over and make quesadillas for Finn and like, you know, still like texts us like little things like, and you know, he and Matt would like go and have these like long deep talks together about all kinds of things. And, um, you know, like in what like worldly group would that have happened um, where we could have that like depth of connection and and help him to feel like he's got a family he can come into and connect with and and that relationship is so just incredibly rich and also just biblical like older people training the younger people and like you know that's that theme is all throughout the bible so um you know pushing through that and really um i I think that is going to just deliver incredible riches into all of our lives and we all have like things that are intimidating about that i think we're framed out because you're supposed to be in bed (laughs) you want to say goodbye to everybody goodbye oh careful as the lamp falls over (laughs) yeah great answers and questions and really great speaking and hearing from you all i really appreciate all that you all shared Thanks, Delilah. Good to connect with all of you. Thank you for thinking of us and giving us a chance to talk. Yeah, of course. All of you. It's good stuff. Thank you, everyone. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Bye.